Hey guys, I'm Shay, a three-winged two on the Enneagram that finds her home in Atlanta, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to create an ongoing conversation about the tensions of following Jesus in today's culture. Join me and many others as we have conversations that challenge and inspire us to follow Jesus in our day and age. This is Just Shayin'. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Just Shayin'. Um, I, I'm, it's funny because this is a retake because my power went out yesterday. So we're redoing an interview and I was like, good, I get another chance to like introduce somebody that I just really look up to and love a whole lot. And so I'm just honored that he would come on, share his heart, share his life with us. I think that, um, he just has a, I don't know. I just like, you know, I could say this about so many people, but truly his heart and um, the way that he carries the father is just so, um, I hate the word relevant. I don't know why. Maybe I should work through that. But I do feel like it is such a relevant, rev, I can't talk now. Bless this Lord. Bless this. I just feel like it's just such a timely, you are a timely messenger. And I just feel like his message through your life. And so today I'm going to be chatting with David Wagner um, there's so many things I could share about you, um, and I'll put all of that in the notes at the bottom so everybody can click and find you on Instagram and find your ministry and, and all of those things. You've spoken so many timely words into my life, to many people's lives, uh, but I think beyond what you share, it's the way that you share it that is just so profound and just so wrapped up in the Father. It's as if the Father took your words, hugged them and then laid them on people. And so, yeah, I've just been looking forward to just to talk to you. Any time with you is just like sitting in the father's lap. So I'm personally excited about this. uh, And I'm excited to just, yeah, just to have time and chat with you. And you're coming in from Franklin, Tennessee. Uh, You're behind you. Nobody can see this as a beautiful creek on your property. And I just kind of want to go to sleep. But that's okay, because I won't, because I'm not there. But thank you so much for coming on and just taking some time to just chat with me today. Hey, thanks for having me, Shay. And uh, I know we've been trying to work this out for a long time. Yesterday we were on a roll and then power and internet went out. And, uh, and so here we are again. And uh, I like the opportunity to see your face twice. So. You know, I'm not mad about that. Seeing you twice is like, cool, I had the best week, you know? So I like you are definitely topping the scales for sure, especially as, a, as an achiever, a three on the Enneagram. I'm ticking things off still, and I'm like, this was the top of my list. Yeah. And so, um, but I would love, I know yesterday we were talking about kind of just your story, and I would love to kind of just go back into that and just you share what you feel like you want to share. I... What I love about you, and I was telling a friend this after we talked yesterday, was what I love about you is that you use the vulnerability of your story into transformation. Like you're not just vulnerable for the sake of vulnerability. Um, that because, I mean, it's, I think vulnerability is the first step, right? It's the first step to transformation. Um, but what I love about your story is that you are unash- like you're unashamed with the story you are because you're just so, it's, God has just met you as just with so much unconditional love. And I feel like there's such a message that is timely in your story um, for so many people um, that are just walking hard roads 
And so I would love for you to just, feel, you know, kind of share what you, you know, want to share, hit some highlights, take the whole hour. You know, I'm really just here to just soak in your presence. <laughs> oh, thanks. You know, I think vulnerability is a key. Transparency is a key. Authenticity is a key. And, um, you know, there's so many echoes. There's so many people trying to imitate everybody else. And, and I think that normally comes out of comparison, right? Comparison leads me into competition. So if I'm comparing my anointing with your anointing, my prophetic gift with your prophetic gift, uh, it'll only uh, cause me to try to out-testify you, out-prophesy you. And then not only are we both at a disadvantage, but the whole body misses out on something. And so, you know, there, I, I realize there's a place in my heart uh, that only, or there's a place in the heart of God that only I can satisfy. There, there's a place in the heart of God that only you can satisfy. It was created for me and nobody else. It was created for you and nobody else. And, and so I want to fill my spot in the Father's heart, but I also want to take what I find in the Father's heart and begin uh, to release it uh, over the earth and to the nations. And it, it's such a powerful thing. You know, I, I, I really love um, the fact that God made me vulnerable. I hadn't always been that way. Before I knew him, I was kind of a, a tough, loudmouth, sarcastic, you know, fight at the drop of a hat, argue, whatever. And, you know, when he radically saved me and woke me up and I experienced mercy and love for the first time, um, it changed me. My heart was softened. And, and uh, I'll never forget the day I was in, a, in my first prophetic meeting I'd ever been in around a prophet. You know, you repent of every sin you ever thought of, every sin you never even thought of considering and all the ones you did. Like you were like, hey, you know, because, you know, this guy's going to read your mail. And he had a line of like a hundred people in front of him, but he spun around his back was to me, spun around, pointed at me and said, God is opening your emotions. And for the first time, I really felt the heart of God. It's the first time after coming out of mental illness where I felt like it was safe. And actually um, I, I could cry tears from a healed place, not a broken place. I can feel love from a healed place, not a broken place. I could, I, I could actually express joy from a healed place not a manufactured place and when that happens it changes you forever i think the key for me is never forgetting where love found me i don't know where he found you i don't know where he found the people listening but you know the lord found me uh, in a mental institution in the icu unit uh, after i committed suicide committed to you know took 250 prescription pills sleeping pills and, and, and antipsychotics and painkillers and a bottle of gin. And, uh, and, and, and uh, you know, I laid down to die. So I thought nobody knows how it happened. Ended up in a church 12 miles away from where I was living in front of this poor pastor, his first day out of seminary. And, and he called the ambulance. And, you know, you spend two and a half days in a coma. And they, they call your mom. And, you know, they called my mom and said, you might as well forget you ever had this son. He's not going to live. If he does live, he'll be a vegetable. He won't walk, talk, feed himself, care for himself. And my mom prayed, you know, a bold prayer. God, um, God, you gave him back to me. I give him back to you. And I don't know how, even how you do what you do, but I'm asking that you make my son a miracle. And around that time, a bright light came in the room and, and the Lord spoke, son, I've not changed my mind about you. I won't relent. I won't repent. God, you're around the world preaching the gospel where we go, lives we touch and change. And, you know, I felt love for the first time. My first prayer wasn't the sinner's prayer. I didn't know that one. Um, but I, I made this up myself. I think it worked. Um, I said, God, if you can love me when I can't love myself, I'll serve you the rest of the days of my life. And it's been the hallmark of my life. And I've never forgotten that. 
like, you know, I can go, you know, from, from that moment to today and it's just as real. And I'm just so moved by the mercy and the love of God. It's the pursuit of a God who pursued me when I wasn't pursuing him. When I, farthest thing from my mind was doing anything for him. I wanted to run from him, but he was still running towards me. And I think somebody probably needs to hear that today. Like, like it's the season where, you know, I love what first Corinthians 14 verse one says that, that pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Unfortunately, we live in a world that feels like it's pursuing spiritual gifts while desiring love. That's what it feels like to me a lot in the church. It's what it feels like a lot uh, where I go. People are so afraid to be loved so that we just want a quick fix. If I get so-and-so to lay hands on me, if I just get the right word from, from so-and-so, and there's so much more to him than that, I'm thankful for those moments of impartation and prophetic words, and I give them and I receive them. All of them. I, I love all of it, but, but there is something that happens when I'm pursuing love and love is pursuing me. It's this collision that takes place between the father running to you. It's, you know, uh, my kids are all growing up way too fast. And, um, but, but my youngest one's 11 and he's still a little bit cuddly and he still gets excited. Just happened a few minutes ago when I pulled in the driveway, he runs out on the porch, he runs to the car and, you know, he kind of just throws himself in my arms. And I think that's how God's calling us to himself. You know, we're, we're just coming in through this COVID-19 thing and, and, and so many people just, their hearts failing them for fear, all of those things. And it's like, and if we could just throw ourselves uh, into the Father, throw ourselves into his arms. You know, if you would have asked me 23 years ago who the most misunderstood person of the Trinity was, I would tell you it was the Holy Spirit back then. Like nobody understood the wind of the Spirit, the fire of God, revival, renewal, is a God, is a devil. Like, like that was all misunderstood. But if you were to ask me today, probably the most misunderstood a person of the Trinity is the Father. Like we, we, we view him through the dad who abandoned me. We view, you know, we view him through the, the, the abusive alcoholic dad. We view him through the lens of God. And he's not like that, you know. Um, before I met him myself, um, you know, I thought, you know, anything, you know, my, my dad died when I was six. So to me, a father is somebody that leaves you, abandons you, that, you know, it wasn't my dad's choice. I, I, I don't blame him for that. But it, 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 it skewed my view of God. And when I met him and, and, and I, I felt his tears wash over me and his love gripped me, it changed everything. You know, I don't know who said it. I read something today. I don't even know, remember where I read it, but it said, um, a God who never wept, a Jesus who never wept tears wouldn't be able to dry mine. And, and this, this picture of that he's familiar with my suffering. He's familiar with every one of my temptations, every one of my failures. He, he was tempted in every way known to man, yet he sinned not. Surely he's borne our grief, carried our sorrow, right? It, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. He, 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 he bore it. He carried it, all of those things. And, and I don't want to just let that go as well. Easter was a week and a half, two weeks ago. I, I want to go like every day is Easter for me. Every day is Good Friday for me. Every day the story becomes richer and and pure because that's how great the father's love for us. You know, I can't imagine any of my kids not wanting anything to do with me and wandering away and what that would do to my heart and, and what length would I go to, to pursue them, to run after them, to woo them back, to, to buy them back, whatever was necessary to get them back into, into my arms, presence, house, whatever it was. And yet you have this amazing 
father who, who isn't like holding things against us and doesn't go, you know what, you messed up, I'm giving up on you. It's like pursuit to my, to my final breath. People may not understand that, but on January 17, 1997, I, I took a final breath. But then the breath of God came. You know, I don't know where he found people, but, but he found me in a place where the church wouldn't go. I don't know anybody that has a ministry to, to mental institutions. I don't know anybody that, that could, have, could have gone there. But, but love, you know, we, we sang that song years ago. Love came down and rescued me. Love came down and set me free. That there, There's no explanation. I, I, I've experienced that in such a way, which, which you know, triggered me. That after 9-11, I, I went, my ministry was worth walking the streets of New York City, ministering to people that were homeless, going to fire stations, Red Cross places. And, 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 and all of a sudden, out of that, this ministry exploded. Just one act of obedience. I wasn't looking to build a ministry. I was just, just following my father, just practicing what Jesus did. I don't go anywhere unless I see the father going there. I don't say anything unless I hear him saying it. And all of a sudden, ministry exploded, and, and people are like, oh, you need to incorporate. You need to give it a name. I'm like, what do I call it? God, I don't want to call it David Wagner Ministries. And he said, call it Father's Heart, um, because you reveal the heart of the father to, to the nations. And uh, and, it, and I try to do that one daughter, one son at a time. So, yeah, I, I give prophetic words over nations, but I like to do it to, to a son or to a daughter. I like to just just reveal his heart in that way. And I, I realize that everything I long for, uh, everything that I, uh, I, I, there came a day where I had to stop looking and I had to start being. And, you know, I had this great revelation in, on January 11th. Uh, 2013, uh, playing with my sons in uh, the backyard. I was doing end of the year stuff, you know, like we all have to do and taxes and accounting stuff that I'm not good at anyway. But I was in a, you know, I had my system down and it was working. And my kids came in and said, Dad, let's go throw the football. And I said, No, nah, I can't. I got to get this done. And they walked away disappointed. I'll never forget uh, on, on that day, January 11th, 2013, I looked at the clock. It, it said, 4.44 in the afternoon, the Lord said, you might as well go. You'll never have this moment again. Uh, and so I, I realized what he was saying. Like, it wasn't that my kids would never throw the ball with me again, but I'll never have this minute and this second and this hour and this day. And that's the most important thing, right? And so I, I'm, I'm tossing the ball back and forth. And my kids, just two of my oldest boys, started asking me a question. Dad, how many times did you throw the football with your dad? I said, I never threw the football with my dad. How many times should dad take you fishing? said he never took me fishing. How many times did you throw the baseball? I said once. I overthrew the ball. It went in the weeds. He blamed me for it, threw the glove down. And, you know, and uh, all of a sudden, boom, they welled up and said, Dad, thanks for becoming everything you never had but always wanted. Uh, and, and there comes this place where I, 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 I become what I've prayed for. I become what I've asked for. Because I, I think orphans produce orphans. There's nothing worse than an orphan prophet, right? Because I, 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 will, I will wound you, I will cut you, because it's all about survival. But when you're on the other side of healed, I think that's where vulnerability, where we started, comes from, right? It's, I can be vulnerable, transparent, and authentic, because the enemy has nothing on me. I've already told on myself. But not only that, I think when you're on the other side, it's called a testimony. And that testimony then becomes a prophecy. Because when I tell you what God did for me yesterday, it becomes a prophetic word for what he's about to do for you today and tomorrow. If he healed me yesterday, he'll heal you today. And when we begin to hear that, so if, if God healed my orphan heart, if God became a father to this fatherless kid, if God could come 
and, and change my heart of stone into a heart of flesh and, and bring me in this place where he completely changes my character. He completely changes my identity, opens my emotions to this. Who, who wouldn't want to love God, a God like that? I, I think that's the question. I don't think, I believe every human being was born with an insatiable desire and a hunger to know God. They may not know what that is yet. And I think the problem is, is we have, we've done such a poor job displaying him, portraying him and revealing him that the idea of God, the religiosity of God that we present, the world resists because they realize not, it's not the real deal. I tell people like this, whatever I do to get you to come to my church is what I have to keep doing to keep you coming. So if I entertain you in because I have the best light and sound show and smoke machine, somebody with a greater sound, light, and smoke machine is gonna, can, can take you away. If I scare you in because I have this hellfire and brimstone preaching, somebody is scarier than me can scare you out. But if I can love you in, somebody's going to have to figure out how to love you more than I do to get you out of my grasp. And I think that's what the world's looking for. You know, we live in this world where everybody's fearful. Everybody's on edge. Everybody's stressful. Even this talk about opening things up. There was a, should we, should we not? And, and there's all of this division and this dance and this confusion. And, and, and I like what Rick Pino said. And he said this last week. He said, be careful what voice you're listening to. Because the world is saying we're heading for a great depression. But the father says we're, we're heading for a great awakening. And so I want to make sure that I'm listening to the Father because it's going to give me direction in this season. And I was just going through a, a drive-thru at a coffee spot the other day. And I saw the girl's name tag in the drive-thru window. I called her by name and said, hey, how you doing? And she burst into tears. I said, honey, are you all right? She said, yeah, just nobody's ever been that kind to me before. And I think surely somebody's been nice to her, kind to her. But in that moment, she probably couldn't remember, like, I'm so stressed out. I don't know what's happening. Nothing's going right today. We're in the midst of this stuff. I don't know. And, and God just came. And I don't know. I think if the church can just display love and kindness, then the world would be able to, to know what David, the, the psalmist, King David would know. When he said, your loving kindness is better than life. I think that's the season that we're in. That, that's the voice that comes from a father. I, I know I'm a prophet. I'm honored to be a prophet called to be a prophet. I don't reject that. I don't apologize for that. I don't diminish it. But I think more than a prophet, the church and the earth needs to hear from a father, right? It needs to hear, you know, there's something about a dad saying it's going to be all right. There's something about the way that I can speak to my kid that in the midst of pain or disappointment or discouragement or the unknown or fear, if dad says it's all right, it means it's going to be all right because dad don't lie to me. It's this picture, right? It's, you know, the other day, just two weeks ago, I was going through the, the grocery store. And for the first time, this whole big ordeal, fear, anxiety hit me. I'm still trying to figure out if it was my own or word of knowledge or both. But I turned the, the aisle. I'm, I'm just going down the aisle. There's nobody there. Um, but I turn and I get paralyzed by fear. It just, I feel it like a panic attack. And, 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 the, and immediately Jesus said, where am I? And I said, I said, you're with me. He said, isn't it great? I'm not just Emmanuel at Christmas, but I'm Emmanuel right here in the middle of Kroger. Isn't it great that I'm not just Emmanuel, you know, at one season of the year, but I am that. And he said, even greater, I am Emmanuel, God with you, but I'm also God in you. And greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And he, and he said, I'm also alongside of you. This is the season where I become a friend that's closer than a brother. And all of a sudden the fear 
much left. You know, that's, that's the part of God. When, when, when the Father speaks, fear leaves. When the perfect love of the Father comes, that there's no room for fear. You know, when my kids were, were, were little, if they were afraid of something or they were around somebody that made them uncomfortable or they were in a setting that they're like, I don't know what's happening. They would almost try to climb up in me, right? They would grab a hold of my pants. They would stand behind me, peek around the corner. And they knew they were safe as long as their dad was in between them and whatever they were facing. And that's the beauty of this moment. Our father is in the middle. He, we stand right behind him and he stands right in front of the very thing that we're afraid of, that we're uncomfortable with, that we're discouraged by, that, that we feel like is going to take us out. And he puts, a, he puts a gag order on the enemy. He puts a foot down and says, not another step. And all of a sudden, you begin to, to ride his coattails, hang on to his leg, and you begin to see the kingdom of God advance. Heaven forbid we ever start thinking we can do this on our own, right? We, we've got to get back to the simplicity of the gospel. We've got to get back to the methods of Jesus, right? We, we miss this, right? Or we create theologies and books about it. But Jesus said, I don't do anything unless I see my father doing it. I don't say anything unless I hear him saying it. And what if we came to that place where we just hit the pause button when I don't know what to do? Father, what are you doing right now? Father, what would you say right now? And some of it's, you know what? Just be in peace. Just rest with me. Just, just be with me. I can't tell you, Shay, just how much I've just loved and enjoyed in these last few weeks where everything's been kind of shut down. My world's change where I just love being with him not for the sake of another message another prophetic word something I need to post on Instagram Facebook or or for somebody's podcast but it's just in this place where I'm sitting with him. there's something about when the father becomes your friend you know I have I have two three adult kids now I have a 23 year old a, a 20 year old and an 18 year old they're, they're all adults grew up way too fast and then I've got a 14 and an 11-year-old that, that I try to hold on and keep young as long as I can. But what I'm finding is my adult kids still have great influence in their life. Until they get married, I'm, I'm sure I have authority in their life, and it's certainly as long as I pay their bills, right? But, but they live by faith, just my faith at the moment. But what I've discovered as they grow older, they call me El Dave, El Shadab, you know. And so... Uh, Actually, my, my, my one son has a couple of roommates and, you know, you know, I helped them and they didn't, none of them had in the budget for like internet and cable. And so I did it. So they made their, they, they made the, uh, the, not the password, but the, the, the wow. log on thing. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's daddy deep pockets. Okay. So, <laughs> and so, but, but those are all side notes. Just receive them. You, you're welcome. Um, the, the, I love my testimony. <laughs> Yeah, but, but the beauty of it is, is that I've discovered that I'm not just dad to them, but I'm also become friend to them. So I'm the fishing buddy and the coffee partner and the, and we're just, we're just hanging out. And it's not that they need me to do something, although they know I'll pay when we go for coffee. Right. But, but it's, it's, it's this, I just want to be with you because you're my dad and you're also become my friend. And, and, and when we realize he's my father and he's my friend, he has my best interest at heart. That's why I can say with confidence in this season of uncertainty, you know, go to Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, says Lord, to give you a hope and a future. There's something about hope, the, the hope of the Father coming in this moment that points me to the future. 
and and the, the, he's he's the father in the future. He's the father of the present, but he's also the father of the future. And all I have to do is keep my eyes on him. It's like when my kids used to put my shoes on. They were way too big for them, and they figured out how to walk across the house, right? They were just walking in the footsteps of their father. And I believe that's really what, what's happening. And so, you know, um, part of my testimony has been, been written into a song by Corey Asbury. Uh, he, and, he and I have become uh, just, we got connected. He heard the saying and decided to go, hey, um, I heard this is your quote. Can you tell me the story behind it? And I told him. So that's where the whole Father's House song came from. I'm sure it came from other places. But the one line is, failure is never final when the Father's in the room is a part of my story it's it's you know all of my all of my failures leave in a moment when the father's in the room my speech impediment left because the father was in the room my failure left my my shortcomings my moral failure left uh, you know 20 some years ago when the father stepped in the room because he doesn't focus on my failure he doesn't focus on what's wrong he focuses on what's missing and the plan of the father is always restoration and redemption always saying, hey, you fell here, but this is how you're going to rise above it. You know, I love this about him. When I was a kid and fell off my bike, he didn't tell me how I fell off. You know, he didn't come and say, this is why you fell off your bike without checking my wounds. But he comes and checks on the wounds, and then he says, hey, this is how we're going to do this different. And, and, and I think just maybe in this conversation today, maybe people can find the Father. I think that's where the church is being invited into. This is the season of finding the Father. It's the season of discovering the Father's foundation, the Father's heart, the Father's love, the Father's word, the Father's mercy. And, and it's just such a powerful, powerful season uh, to, to be alive in, in, the, in the moment that we're living in. And, and I don't want it just to be the name of my ministry. I don't just want people to feel it from the pulpit. I want it to be a part of my life. And I can't... Um, I can't undo the pain of my childhood. I can't go back and, and somehow act like it didn't happen. It, it happened. I walked through some difficult stuff, horrible stuff. I lost my dad. I got abused, you know, all of those things. But, but there comes a place where you go, you know what? I can't change that, but I refuse to let that change my kid's childhood because what I fight in the spirit, my kids will never have to fight in the flesh. And I think maybe, you know, maybe there's some, I don't even like using the, the labels, right? So millennials or uh, Gen Zers or, you know, whatever we're, we're calling now. Maybe some people are listening and, and you're like, man, I, I just been jacked up. I, listen, it's never too late to find the father because the father's been seeking you. I, I got wrecked this morning. I was reading Psalm 24 where it talks about who will ascend the hill of the Lord. Those with pure hearts and clean hands will not lift their soul to another. This is the generation, the generation of Jacob who, who seek your face. And, and I read it in a couple of different translations. One of the translations says that we are the generation of Jacob, the ones the Lord is seeking. So I'm not just seeking him. He's a seeking God. He's been looking for me. He's been waiting for us to arrive at this place. He's been awaiting for us to, uh, to, to arrive in this moment in history to begin to change and, and shift things. You know, when the Lord healed, when the Lord woke me up, he completely set me free. I tell people I died crazy, woke up in my salmon. I, I died empty, woke up uh, hungry, and there's a huge difference. And, and the Lord just began, you know, he just began to speak to me. And, and he spoke like a father to a son. And, and I, I believe that's where we need to get to. So many times people are thinking they're hearing the voice of God, but if it's condemnation, 
it's not gone. Conviction, yes, but even when he convicts me, it's not to push me away, not to say you need to go back and do this right, but it's, it's like this. You know, uh, Proverbs says that the Lord chastises those he loves. And, uh, you know, we live in the South, and, 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 and so that, you know, unlike some places, we, we still spank. Uh, not now, my kids are older. But I remember my youngest boy, um, you know, he would try to run away from a spanking and, you know, he'd get the full extent of my, my hand and I was never abusive. I never uh, did it to hurt him, but I, I did to get his attention. And all of a sudden, after about one or two of those, he realized something, that if I'm getting corrected, the best place for me to do is just get around my dad's legs and just hug him because I couldn't get the extent of my hand. He only just got a little, a little tap, tap, tap. And that's what it is with the Lord, right? He he chastises me by drawing me close and giving me a different perspective, uh, a better way of life, a, a better understanding of, of, what's, uh, of what's to come. And so I, I don't know. I don't even know what we're going to talk about today. But, but I think the Father's uh, heart and love are, are, are being revealed. It's the forefront of his mind. You know, I, I think sometimes, you know, my friend Leif Hetland says something profound. He said, we, we need to go back to the future. And discover that word that was spoken about us before the foundation of the earth, right? Before the foundation of the earth, he knew me, called me according to his purpose. There was a word there. I say it like this, that God had the first word over my life, and he'll have the last word over my life. And I know there's some words that get spoken in between, some by God, some by man, some by the enemy, some within my own negative self-talk. But those two words, the first that he spoke and the last he spoke, will outweigh the rest. And that's such an amazing thought that my father has my bookends, right? My father has my bookends. He knows the end from my beginning. He had the first say and the last say. And, and, and I just believe some of you right now that are, are listening to this, God's going to bring you back to that place, the foundation of the earth, before the worlds were formed, before dust became Adam, before he took the dust of the dirt and, 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 and breathed into it and created Adam, before Eve came from his rib. He thought of you in this moment, before anything was, you, you existed in him. You were his dream. God had a dream, wrapped you around it, and he sent you to earth. We were made for this moment. We were made for this moment in 2020 when chaos is wreaking havoc in the earth, where, where there's so much unknown. We are the answer to the solution. This is the season where the songs of the sons and daughters of God will, will be songs of deliverance over the nations. This is the season. But when the Father shows up, listen, I believe this one to be one of the greatest turning of hearts moments the earth has ever seen that we're in a malachi 4 6 moment that afterwards you will send the moment the spirit of elijah and turn the hearts of fathers to children children to father that's what we're doing why because the the, the father always has redemption on his mind some of you i can i i know some of you listening and you feel like you missed your shot you missed ministry you you messed up you fell you failed you quit you whatever and somehow you feel like that's the there, there's no coming back can I tell you something? You don't have to go back to the beginning. You don't have to start over. You just go to him. You, you just go to him and you pick it up right where you left off. You just go to him and every failure is cast away. You just go to him. Every anxiety, every failure is washed away. And, and you step back on, 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 on course, not only uh, with your present, but with, with the future. And so I, I don't know who I'm talking to, but I feel like somebody's being healed father wounds today maybe you've never heard this kind of cadence maybe you've never just heard this kind of uh, mercy or softness in the voice of a father 
Can I tell you something? The Lord is ruling you with his voice. The, the Lord is opening his heart to you. I believe that the Lord wants us to discover his unsearchable riches. You know, my, my assignment isn't to be a dictator leader. Do as I say or you're out. I think that's, that's awful, especially in the church, but they do exist. My job isn't to be a mentor and go, you can learn from my, my greatness and my success, and here's a couple of where I've missed it just to kind of encourage you. Um, but I think a father goes, hey, here's the keys to my life. Uh, you have total access. You can learn from me, the good, the bad, the ugly. There's nothing hidden, nothing off limits with you. And I, I believe that's the picture. That's where vulnerability leads us, right? Because you're not going to dig up any dirt on me. What you see privately is what you what you see publicly. What you hear me say uh, on a podcast is what you'll hear me say in my house. Am I perfect? No, but God is. Uh, God's not after perfect. He's after pure. And out of that purity of heart, we'll find ourselves perfected, right? He, the, he is the author and the perfecter, the author and the finisher of our faith. And I just want you to know right now that, that, that the Father's about, some of you even listening today, uh, you're about to feel the embrace of the Father in your car, in your in your living room, in your bedroom, in the kitchen. Maybe you're sneaking off to the side and hearing this at work while you're working from home. I won't tell. But, but the Father's about to release his embrace to you in this moment. It, it is what will set you free from fear. It is what will set you free from failure. It is what you will, will set you free from everything you're, you're facing. And, and I just pray right now that you, you don't just hear the voice of a man, a prophet, a, a minister, a ministry, a, a, a podcast is great and, and famous as, as it is, right? But, but you're hearing the voice of the Father saying, come up here, I'm going to show you things you know not of. Come up here, let, let me show you what's on the other side of this. And I just believe right now that there is, I'll go back to what I read today about, uh, you know, a, a God who never wept wouldn't be able to wipe away every tear. And some of you right now, you're, you're encountering a very, uh, he, he, he's God, but he was, he was fully man. And there's a very human side of Jesus that some of you are encountering right now. And it's like I see him coming up behind you, lifting things off your shoulders, wiping things off of your mind, wiping tears away. And I feel like right now somebody's being set free from grief. Like I feel like somebody you, you've lost, you've been in a series of loss where there's just been multiple deaths around you in the last few months or years and it's like man you're just trying to survive and you just feel like you've been numb and you don't want to feel and you don't want to you feel like if i had more faith and because i didn't have more faith i'm just not going to have any more faith and and i feel like god is healing your faith today i feel like even right now some of you he, he's, he's taking the grief off of you all day today i've just been meditating on on on, on isaiah 61 it's it talks about uh, you know, the spirit of the sovereign Lord's upon me. He's known to me to preach good news to the poor, bind up the brokenhearted, uh, set the captive free, open the eyes of the blind, prison doors, all of those things. But, but it goes on to say, and often we, we just kind of cut it off there, uh, but, but it goes on to say, he gives us oil, the oil of joy, right? He gives us the oil of joy for the spirit of heaviness. He gives us garment of praise for, this, for the spirit of heaviness. He gives us the oil of joy for mourning. And some of us right now, you're about to find the joy that the Father speaks over you. I feel like the Father is dancing. The Father is rejoicing. Some of you right now, you need to see God leaping over you with joy. 
And I'm telling you right now, this season of grief, I feel like a free funeral shroud is being ripped off of somebody. And like this new emergence, this resurrection life and joy is coming. Maybe some of you today, you just need to hear, uh, and I'm sure I'm probably over time, but, but some of you right now, uh, I think there is, you need permission. You need to hear the Father say, look, I'm not changing. what I put inside of you are, is your credentials. You don't need permission to heal the sick. You don't need permission to preach the God. You don't need permission to do what God's already calling you to do. And some of you right now, God has given you full permission to be who he created, created you to, to, to be and to do what he created you to do. And I want to bless that in you. Uh, I don't know everybody listening and probably everybody listening doesn't know me, but I want to bless the dream in you. I've been asking people, what's your dream? What's your dream? And it amazes me how many people have never had people ask them that before. Like, what's your dream? What are you dreaming about? And I always like to repeat the dream back to them. Then I just like to say, I believe in you and I believe in your dream. We probably don't have the the time and not everybody's listening to this for me to do that. But I I pray right now that that you hear the voice of this dad, of this father saying, I I believe in you and I believe in your dream. I, I bless your dream. There's a lady listening. Maybe you're in your, your 50s. Maybe you're in your 20s. And somewhere along the line, you gave up your little girl dream. I bless that little girl dream in you to come alive. I bless that fairy tale wedding dream in you. I bless that, 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 that Boaz knight in shining armor dream. I, I bless that dream that you were going to be Miss America. I bless the dream in you that, that you were going to be a businesswoman, entrepreneur, governor, mayor, president. I bless the little girl dream in you. And I break off every lie that told you you weren't and that you can't and that you won't. And I just bless the dream in you. I speak to the young man listening that you, that you just felt like I, I couldn't get it in school. And so it's just, I'm going to be a laborer, a ditch digger the rest of my life. I call you up to a higher level. I call you up to a perspective to see how, how the father sees you today. And I bless the little girl dream. I bless the little boy dream. And I give you permission. I invite you into this season to, to dream with God, to dream with the Father, not like you never have or known before. This is a season. It's like the Lord is saying, come dream with dad. Come and dream with your heavenly daddy. Come and dream with your father. And I just believe that it's a, it's a season of amazement and excitement. And there's my dogs telling me the times, times up. They think they own the whole neighborhood. But uh, I, think you, I think you get it. Because I'm being recorded, I can't yell at them like I normally do. <laughs> they figured so, it out. They're like, he can't. Titan, no, no. And uh, I'm on the other side of their electric fence. So, <laughs> But, uh, yeah. So, Father, I just thank you right now for everybody listening uh, today. That, Lord, the love of the Father would be showered upon them. That, Lord, the first thing you said when you made Adam, when you made creation, you would create something you say it was good when you made adam and you made eve you said behold it's very good and lord i thank you right now that your goodness is about to be seen on all of us lord i thank you right now for your goodness your loving kindness your faithfulness that's better than life to to just cascade to fall on everyone listening today Lord, i pray that they would feel the embrace of the father Lord, i thank you that you're healing or the orphan heart lord I'm thankful for my friend Leif who says it like this. You can't cast out an orphan spirit because orphans have to be put in families. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you put us into the family of God. You're surrounding us 
with spiritual mothers and fathers. Lord, I thank you right now that, Lord, people listening today are being set free from depression and anxiety and fear because the Father just walked in their room. Lord, I, they're, step, they're stepping away from failure because the Father just walked in the room. And so, Lord, I thank you that, Lord, surely goodness and mercy are following us all the days of our life, and we'll dwell in the house of the Lord. We'll dwell in the house of our Father forever. And so, Lord, I just release blessing over every, uh, everyone listening today. Lord, and I just release for whatever, whatever it's worth. I release all that I carry and more to them, and I bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow, thank you so much. And everybody, I just bless, um, I bless you all to just sit in this moment, focus in on this moment and let the Father meet you. I pray blessings over you and pray that you have a great day.